Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Second thing it does, the executive order ramps up our efforts to hold the gun industry accountable. It's the only outfit you can't sue these days. It does that by calling out for a... Can we just stop it, Joe Biden? The level of unseriousness on firearms. You can't sue those terrible gun manufacturers. Because that's all I want to do is sue those terrible gun manufacturers. I want to sue them. And then I want to sue them again. And then I want to sue their Meemaw. Because I hate their Meemaw because she never gave me any pudding when I was a kid in Scranton. Oh, and as for those terrible Republicans. That we invest more in safer communities and expand access to mental health services for those affected by gun violence. Congressional Republicans should pass my budget instead of calling for cuts in these services or defunding the police or abolishing the FBI, as we hear from our MAGA Republican friends. That's that's Joe Biden who just told you Republicans want to, you know, uh, defund the police. Said it with a straight face. Well, said it with kind of an angry face. Why? Nobody gave him any pudding. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. What's going on? 833, got Tony. 833-468-8669. Same old, boring, pathetic, ridiculous game. Same old, boring game. We're going to get rid of the guns, and our position is so incredibly popular that we'll do it via executive order. <laughs> I mean, isn't, isn't that the story? When he says, I'll do it via executive order, what he's saying is very, very simple. You don't have the votes. You don't have the votes. <laughs> You're going to need congressional approval, eh? Oh, no, he doesn't. Oh, no, he doesn't. His crap is so outrageously unpopular that he can't get Democrats to vote for it. So what do you do? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use my pen. I'm going to use a phone, said Barack Obama. And, uh, and Joe Biden said, well, I'm going to use my quill. And I'm, uh, I'm afraid of the phone. So uh, I'm making a lot of age jokes today. That is very unlike me. That is like super unlike me. But you know what? I'm enjoying myself, so screw it. I'm going to use a quill, and I'm afraid of the phone, so I'm going to just speak to... To, to, to Tommy over here, and he'll he'll relay it uh, up or down the chain or down the line or however they do their fancy communicating these days. And we'll sign an executive order that will tell us to do the thing that we're already doing, which is about background checks. It's the thing we're already doing. We already have background checks. What in the world is the point of more background checks? And the answer is there is no point. Nothing will be safer. Well, we got we to gotta limit 
We got to limit these high capacity magazines. Uh, I I sit here right now, in 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 my home studio, with my firearm on my hip. I've just it's just become part of my life. I it goes on and that's it. That's all. Some people put on makeup. Some people put on a watch. Oh, I put on a watch too. Don't don't get me wrong. The watch collection's going very very well. Uh, I'm, I'm starting to focus it a little bit, and I'm and I can't play in the worlds where I can't play, and that's the Rolex world because I just can't. I can't bring myself to do it. First of all, no one can really price these things, and secondly, the fakes are out there so much that you never actually know. And then when you know you do have something authentic. Um, the, the the pricing is is am I doing this for fun or am I doing this for an investment? And, and oh no, it's, it's it's no longer either one. You gotta you gotta be in a completely different headspace than I am to do it. But I still enjoy it, and I enjoy a good timepiece, and I enjoy the style that 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 it brings. So so I so I do that. What in the world? I sorry, I got on a conversation about about watches. Well, so I've got the I've got my firearm on my hip. It it holds twelve plus one, or ten plus one. I think it's I think it's ten. It's ten plus one. So the question before us is: Does Joe Biden think that a magazine that holds ten rounds does he think that that is high capacity? Change approved. See. I don't think so. I don't think that's a high-capacity magazine. I think that's pretty standard. I don't think there's anything weird uh, about that. But Joe Biden, Joe Biden might think that a, a, a magazine that holds 10 rounds... It's happening. Everybody stay calm. What's the procedure, everyone? What's the procedure? Stay calm. Is like the end of the world. What do you mean? What do you mean it has uh, 10 rounds? What do you mean it's got 10 bullets in there? Oh, God. Am I supposed to listen to him and take him seriously? Because I I don't. And, And... the multiplicity of law-abiding citizens also don't take him seriously. Which is why he can't do any of the things he wants to do. And what he wants to do is disarm you and me. Not criminals, of course, you and me. And when someone says that's not what he wants, oh, that's just a talking point, explain to me, 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669, I'll take the calls. Explain to me how more legislation doesn't hurt me more than the criminal who doesn't pay attention to any of these rules whatsoever. Explain to me how it affects them. When you can't, I want you to just apologize to me. These are laws created to go after law-abiding citizens, not a criminal element. Just admit it. Just say the words. That's what he wants. That's what he's doing. No one's life will be safer 
because law-abiding citizens are told that they have to go through one more background check or one more this, that, or the other. This is Senator Chris Murphy on MSNBC. Now, Senator Chris Murphy is what we call in the business a fool. And Senator Chris Murphy lacks, um, well, what's the word? What's the, what's the word that can be nicely said on, on radio? Oh, that word doesn't exist. Okay, then I won't say it. He is all about this, the senator from Connecticut, all about Joe Biden strengthening the rules. Well, I mean, let me make the case that we saw real progress last year when we passed the first substantial gun safety measure in 30 years. We broke the back of the gun lobby. The NRA opposed the Bipartisan Safer Communities Act, which passed Congress last summer. And we still were able to get substantial Republican support for it. I think we saw a paradigm shift in 2022. I think the gun safety movement now has more power than the gun lobby does. Maybe the most important piece of that executive... Can we just stop, Senator Murphy? You're not allowed to lie. There's no such thing as a gun safety movement. That's a lie. You're gun grabbers. That's what you are, Chris Murphy. Now, I want to make sure that Chris Murphy's staff, Senator Murphy's staff, hears this and comes out and says, you can't say that. And you, I'm saying it. I mean it. Senator Chris Murphy is a gun grabber, and that makes him a virulent anti-American. <sighs> Shocking. But if we ask ourselves what it is he is in favor of, he views the idea of gun safety as you not being able to have access to a firearm, it being more difficult for you to have access to a firearm. And the argument is predicated on the idea that we need these checks, and if you haven't done anything wrong, then you have nothing to worry about. Name for me in another context where your rights are doled out to you as opposed to just existing, which is why people who understand that their rights exist and the Second Amendment is nothing more than a codification of the right to protect and defend oneself. This is why they believe in the thing called constitutional carry, because why should they have to wait for rights to be doled out to them when the rights are theirs based on their existence? They come from nature and nature's God, the right to protect and defend myself. If the Founding Fathers could have used machine guns on the British, they would have. And if they could have used long-range missiles or intercontinental ballistic missiles, they would have at least considered it. They would have liked to have had other options other than sometimes working cannons and pitchforks. Senator Chris Murphy is not about gun safety. He is about taking away your right to engage and enjoy a firearm. That's who he is. I dare his staff to tell me otherwise. Bring him on to the show. We can discuss it. He's a gun grabber. The gun safety movement... 2022, I think the gun safety movement now has more power than the gun lobby... You lose in the courts all the time, constantly and consistently on firearms. But if you want to talk about power, go ahead. By the way, look what you're saying. The gun lobby believes that people should be able to engage their rights. You believe that they shouldn't. 
Who do you think is more important? Who do you think is more special? Who do you think deserves more of our respect? Who do you think deserves more of our support? Who? Let me say it differently. Senator Chris Murphy of Connecticut wants to keep women and black people from having firearms. What? What, is there a problem? Is, is, there, is there an issue? I, did, I, did I say something wrong? I, I don't think so. Go back. Let's go back. Senator Chris Murphy of the gun lobby. The NRA opposed the Bipartisan Safer Communities Act, which passed Congress last summer, and we still were able to get substantial Republican support for it. I think we saw a paradigm shift in 2022. I think the gun safety movement now has more power than the gun lobby does. Maybe the most important piece of that executive action yesterday is um, a move to implement a relatively unknown section of the Bipartisan Safer Communities Act. That act changes the definition of what it means to be a gun dealer, a gun seller that requires you to be licensed and conduct background checks. There are hundreds, thousands of small scale gun sellers all across this country who are selling lots of weapons, maybe 10, 20 a year online or at gun shows who don't get licensed and they don't perform background checks. That's where the flow of illegal guns starts. There are already multiple rules in effect about who those people sell to in a private sale. So you admit that this little known fact is about ending private gun sales. This is why you can never be trusted because you are interested in limiting the ability for people to engage their Second Amendment rights. And there are plenty of people who are minorities who buy guns from gun shows and you are keeping them from doing so, Senator Chris Murphy, because you want to keep black people and women and minorities and Toto from buying guns. That's Senator Chris Murphy of uh, Connecticut Democrat. Hold on, hold on. Where is that my lawyer on the phone? Is that? No, not yet. Not yet. I mean, if we're going to just engage spin like the gun safety movement, we might as well go all the way, folks. Don't forget, they don't believe in your rights. They don't believe in your rights. Their rights are their rights, and your rights are questionable. That's their view. I'm Tony Katz. If I lay here, if I just lay here. The president says that's a safe, that's a safe bet. Except when you read the fine print, you find out that the securities that the banks put up as collateral to borrow money from the American people are not what's called mark-to-market. They, they, they aren't, the securities are not put up at, the, at their real value. They're put up at the value for what, uh, at, at, at the time they were purchased. So if you bought a security that was, let's say, to make it simple, $20, and you're, 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 you're owned, it's owned by a bank, and it's now worth $5, you, 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 you give that $5 to the $25 billion fund, but it's really, and you get credit for $10, but it's really worth only 5 I mean, it's a bailout. And I'm not going to bubble wrap it. And I don't think we ought to try to bubble wrap it to the American people. Yeah. That's the way America's looking at it, too. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. 
It is what it is. It, uh, now, I get, I mean, I've gotten people calling me yelling at me, you're just so ridiculous, Tony. You don't understand what's happening. I talk to a lot of experts. I think I got a kind of idea what's going on. I admit I don't have an expertise in banking, and I'm not claiming that I do. Um, but I, I certainly am aware that if people invested and they get told by the government they're covered, even for their bad investments, that can't be good for anyone. Because if you can be bailed out, as we were talking uh, to, to EJ Antoni uh, of the Heritage Foundation, you're incentivizing really bad business practices. You're incentivizing the idea that banks can take crazy risks because you are saying the profits are privatized, the losses are socialized. And then there's the White House. Speaking uh, at Senator Ron Johnson, talking about the president's budget request, right? It's one of those, those hearings that they often have. And the White House doesn't want to engage a recognition that when we see uh, issues with the economy worldwide, they're real. But we need to focus on us. And why do they think that the worldwide is an excuse? 2022 is 1.3 seven trillion dollars in 2023 it's projected to be over 1.5 trillion the president's budget now is projecting 1.8 trillion so from 1.3 to 1.5 to 1.8 how can you claim that's reducing the deficit easily senator my entire statement said over we talk about 10-year budget windows over the 10-year budget window if you go look at 2033 the president's budget will bring down deficits uh, by three trillion dollars, nearly three point trillion dollars, two point nine. But again, year to year. I mean, I think most people say when you're reducing your deficit, you're looking year on year. So we're going from one point three trillion to one point six trillion to now one point eight in the budget. You're actually increasing the deficit by about three hundred billion dollars in 2024 is your projection over the 2023 projection. You're increasing the deficit. And by the way, that's a massive deficit. $1.8 trillion. What do you think is sparking inflation, which caused the Fed to start increasing interest rates, which is causing the run on these banks? At what point are you going to acknowledge the harm that, these mass, that this massive deficit spending is causing our economy? You're certainly not recognizing in your 2024 budget. Senator, what I hope we all realize is that inflation is a global uh, a global phenomenon. The UK doesn't have the same laws over the last few years that the United States has, and it has inflation. India, so, the same. Again, France, when, the when same. America sneezes, the rest of the world catches a cold. Senator. Well, it's a nice little take on that. When the world sneezes, the rest of the world catches a cold. But the the issue is, is that what the rest of the world is experiencing doesn't mean that we are somehow um, frozen in our ability to do something. We have options. And one of those options is to reduce spending in real numbers, not in saying we spent outrageously last year, we're spending less outrageously this year, so that's pro- that's cutting the deficit. You have to actually cut. You have to cut. These people aren't serious. This is Tony Katz today. Find everything, tonycats.locals.com.
I start with a baseline thought. I have absolutely nothing to apologize for. I have nothing to be sorry for when it comes to the conversation of protecting kids and when it comes to the conversation of young women and girls being able to participate in sports. You think this is a broken record. Oh, no, no. This comes up because Joe Biden decided to jump in and he decided to jump in with the idea that he could quote his mother, was he quoting his grandmother, and say that if you're opposed to children making radical decisions about their sexuality, including therapies, including surgeries, including puberty blockers, well, then you are close to sinful. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. Find everything, TonyKatz.Locals.com. TonyKatz.Locals.com. I apologize to no one for actually believing that women are women and men are men, for recognizing and acknowledging openly and clearly that men are not women and women are not men, for recognizing that there are differences between women and men, that men should not be allowed to say that they are women and participate in women's sports. It is the marginalization of women. It is misogyny. It is brutal in its tactics where you tell women and young girls that if they don't agree that they are somehow bigots, it is gross how these women in our society are being treated and I'm simply saying no and I will take on every comer I will take every bit of heat if I get fired I get fired what does it matter if one will not actually stand up and recognize the truth as it is not something subjective not something that's in the ether or pliable men are not women and women are not men and if you want to live your life a certain way my gosh i'm not interested in stopping you as an adult If you want to live your life in a certain way and you believe you should be allowed to engage in therapies and in surgeries as a child, I'm going to say something. This isn't about, well, their parents are letting them do this. This is about whether or not we as a society allow child abuse. And the answer is no, we don't. If you saw somebody hurting a child, physically hurting a child, you jump in. Yet somehow on this subject, we refer to it as gender-affirming care? No, I'm not going to buy into this conversation. And you must understand how radical the conversation has gotten. This was Florida. In Florida, they they had a rally. This tweet uh, from the Florida Standard talks about Equality Florida kicking off their Pride at the Capitol program. Listen. Are in the legislature where the Republicans have hijacked the word liberation. They have hijacked the word freedom. We are here to resist their transphobic slate of hate legislation. You are erasing our trans babies. Wait, 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 wait. They're then chanting, hey, hey, ho, ho, and uh, Ron DeSantis has got to go. We're erasing. What now? Of hate legislation. You are erasing our trans babies. I hate to break it to everybody, but there's no such thing as a trans baby. That doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. If we're discussing it in the in the way that we are discussing all these things, that's about these decisions that get made. The baby is not making any decisions. 
And children cannot make these decisions because we differentiate the difference between childhood and adulthood with an age, the age of 18. We make a decision that this is the age of adulthood. Now, this doesn't work for the political left. You see, if you want to have a gun, a a rifle, they want you to wait until you're 25. When it comes to insurance, why shouldn't you be allowed on your parents' insurance until you're 26? But if you want to vote, why should you have to wait till you're 18 or 17? Why can't you be 16 or 15? You want an abortion? At any age, you never have to tell your parents. And if you want to change your gender because you know who you are inside, you should be allowed to do so. Universities should offer up programs for surgeries because they're super profitable. Not my words, their words. Blame Vanderbilt and others for bragging about how much sweet, sweet cash they make by taking off the breast of perfectly healthy young girls. They call it top surgery, by the way. Top surgery is what they call They don't want to actually have the, the honest conversation. I mean, that's just creepy. But top surgery, that's totally fine. The baby is not trans. The baby is pushed into something. That's what happens. Now, we should be clear about a couple of things. When I say not born into it, I am, of course, discussing what we're discussing, this phenomenon of what I consider to be abuse, and I'll get into more of that in a second. We're not discussing whether or not uh, uh, there is a child that is born with both sexual uh, characteristics, both genitalia. These things do Happen. They are infrequent, and I am not arguing that those parents go through some serious, serious stuff. That's why I never am disparaging of, for example, kids who feel a certain way or claim to feel a certain way, and I never say anything except they should be treated with love. They shouldn't be abused. They shouldn't be ridiculed. They shouldn't be mocked. They're going through something. The actual physical possibilities, which are very, very rare, is different than the social contagion conversation as people like Abigail Schreier have so well explained in their books and in other places. The pressure campaign, the very concept of gender affirming care is such a unbelievable, an unbelievable Orwellian wordplay as to be believed. These are different things. Children are getting pressured into claiming they're a different gender and then pressured into uh, these puberty blockers and other things, which people will tell you, oh, they're totally reversible. You're taking a puberty blocker from the time you're 14 to 17. You don't think that when you get off that puberty blocker, you're not going to have an issue with puberty? You think everything's just going to be fine? Just bone density in general? What do you think happens? We're talking about the growth of the body, and you want to take a year, two years, three years, and say, time out. Let's let this kid have more time to decide, and let's get the parents on board. It's good to stop their actual progression as a human being. I'm sorry, What's not radical about that position? What about that is gender-affirming care? What about that is care? Possibly about the gender-affirming part, total nonsense. What about that is care? That's brutal and obscene and abusive. It is abuse. In Vermont... The Mid-Vermont Christian School 
refuse to play a basketball game. Their girls' high school team refused to play in state athletics because a player on the other team was a boy making claim to be a girl. And the Mid-Vermont Christian School stated that it, quote, jeopardizes the fairness of the game and the safety of our players. The Vermont Principals Association, governing high school athletics in the state, they ruled that the private religious school had violated its policies on commitment to racial, gender fair, and disability awareness and on gender identity. And so they were told that they would be ineligible for state-sanctioned activities and tournaments going forward. These young girls recognized that boys are not girls, and for doing so, for being honest, and for standing up for the rational truth, they don't get to participate. The girls don't get to participate because the boy claiming to be a girl wants to participate. If you believe that is fairness, you're out of your damn mind and you are in line and in concert and in league, in my view, with the abusers. Because how is this not abusive of young women? How does it not abuse them? There was a, a parent who, who, who said of their, uh, their son, who they now claim is their daughter, your trophy or, or my uh, daughter's, quote unquote, um, uh, mental health is more important than your kid's trophy. Do you know how incredibly hateful that line is? How selfish and self-centered and elitist and snobbish? This sounds like a guy who's proud. Look at this. Look at this thing I made. Look, look at it. Like, like it's some kind of object to be on display. More important than yours. More important than your stuff. My kid wants to play basketball against other girls. My daughter wants to play basketball against other girls. Why are you stopping her? Because the elitists, the abusers who support this kind of activity believe that what they are doing is justified. Now you ask yourself, how do they believe that it's justified? Where does that come from? Well, it comes from people like President Biden speaking on Comedy Central to Cal Penn, who was an actor, uh, and then uh, he decides to go to work for the Obama administration. I mean, he's a, a hard-edged uh, progressive, and this is what happened. Uh, transgender kids is a really harder day thing. What's going on in Florida? is, as my mother would say, close to sinful. I mean, it's just terrible what they're doing. It's not like, you know, a kid wakes up one morning and says, you know, I decided I want to become a man or I want to become a woman or I want to change. I mean, what, 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 what are they thinking about here? They're human beings. They love, they have feelings, they have inclinations that are, I mean, it, it just to me is, I don't know, it, it's cruel. And the way we do it is we make sure we pass legislation like we passed on same-sex marriage. You mess with that, you're breaking the law, and you're going to be held accountable. Why wouldn't the abusers feel like they're in the right? After all, the president's on their side. If you oppose them, it's close to sinful. 
If you don't believe that a child can engage their own medical care, make their own medical decisions, engage in, in, in surgeries at the age of 12 because they feel like it, as if a 12-year-old never changed their mind, well then, you're close to sinful. No. No, sinful is Joe Biden. And it, when I heard this yesterday, uh, I said, okay, I, I'm, I'm done. Now, I've always known that Joe Biden is an arrogant, you know what, that Joe Biden is uh, an overly aggressive, you know what. He is all of these things. But it, it was yesterday in hearing this that it is very clear that the president of the United States is in league with the abusers and there is absolutely no respect to be had for the man. None. He fails as a man. Joe Biden is abusive in this in this clip and is excusing abusers in this clip. And there is a worthy fight here. Because if he claims that my recognition that children can't make medical decisions for themselves makes me close to sinful, his decision that children should be allowed to make any medical decision they want and therefore have total agency over themselves, what, what medicines they take, what surgeries they have, uh, and then, of course, who they love and how they love them, that Joe Biden's an abuser. Not because I said so, but because his words only lead to one conclusion, that Joe Biden is in concert with the abusers. Now, some people utilize the term groomer. I have, for the most part, shied away from that, but I, I have also stated, and I, and I would argue very, very clearly, uh, that um, I can't stop other people from using it because look at what's going on in society. They make it just so easy for that terminology to be used. It's not my fault for noticing where these abusers are and the things that they want. It's close to sinful to protect children. Children need to be protected more often than not from themselves. And in this situation, it is about protection from themselves because of the contagion of, oh yeah, this is what everybody's doing. Oh yeah, you don't know your gender. Oh yeah, you're confused. You should go in this direction. Oh yeah, we support this. Let's celebrate people like whoever the guy was on with Drew Barrymore. I, I've never taken the time to learn their name. I don't care. It's make-believe. It is a guy engaged in a parody of what he thinks a woman is. And if you don't view it as, as just the hate of women and a full-on... We're not talking about the over-the-top of drag, which I have no idea why the people in drag want to do dances for kids. You talk about ruining yourselves. You, you, you deserve what you get. You did this to yourselves. Drag was meant for adults. It wasn't meant for kids. Do you guys not know anything about history? Dear Lord. But what this guy is doing, Dylan, is that his name? With the surgeries and everything else, this is a caricature and people are buying in and Drew Barrymore dropping to her knees. My gosh, how much do you hate women, Drew? Well, clearly, equally as much as Joe Biden, yet not as much as Hunter Biden, because honestly, there is a bar. I won't apologize. 
for standing up for the girls there in Vermont, for standing up the girls in Connecticut uh, and, and, on, in their sports leagues who have fought back, for standing up for, for women in sports, for standing up for women in general, for not believing that women should be erased, for recognizing that men are not women and women are not men, and for saying quite clearly, I oppose the abuse of children. I will never, ever apologize. And you shouldn't either. You know what's right, you know what's wrong, you know what's true and you know what isn't, you know what is good and you know what is evil. Now say it. I'm Tony Katz. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I gotta find other things to talk about. And I look every day at the stuff we go over. I'm like, man, we do cover a lot of stuff. And it may feel like on that subject, right? On that subject of children and, and, and safety and security and, and opposing abuse. Uh, you know, I, 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 feel, I feel like I sound like a broken record. Yet, every day something comes up and it's like, all right. If it's going to come up, I'm going to talk about it. If it's going to come up from the president of the United States, I, I don't I don't think there's an option. That's my that's my point. So I, I hear you if, if you think, hey man, uh, Tony, you're covering that a lot. I just tell I mean, you can tell me. Let me know. Uh, Twitter, Tony Katz, Tony at TonyKatz.com. I just think it's important. Find everything, TonyCats.Locals.com, the latest videos, the podcasts, uh, great segments, uh, great clips, everything, TonyCats.Locals.com. It's all over there. This right here is Tony Katz Today.